Hello, thank you for joining me again on another episode of Tough Questions About God. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, uh, please subscribe. And if you're joining us on the podcast, I uh, really appreciate you uh, listening in. This is a new thing we're doing here. Uh, please share if, uh, if you like it with uh, your friends and uh, let them know about AZ Church. All right, tough questions about God. So in this segment, I'm uh, going to answer a question that I get uh, a lot. Uh, is the Bible different from other books? There's a lot of ways of asking that question. Is it reliable? Uh, how do we know it's God's Word, uh, a holy book, things like that? The Bible is uh, obviously very key to the Christian faith. And uh, even Christians, though, kind of vary on how they view the Bible. So I don't know where you are or what you think about the Bible. You know, is the Bible different than the, say, the Quran, another very famous holy book? Is it uh, really God's word? Uh, did humans write it? Um, how do you interpret it? Uh, a lot of churches even maybe disagree on different points of how to interpret different parts of the Bible. Uh, but let's just uh, start by saying the Bible is a a uh, very popular and a very famous book. Uh, the world is, is filled with millions of books and more are written every single day. There are books uh, back at my seminary's library that actually date all the way back to the printing press. So we've got all these books in the world. They're all competing for our attention. Some of them even claim to have authority. So what makes the Bible any different? Well, let's look at some statistics to help us uh, get some perspective on the Bible and how it fits with other ancient books, other ancient literature that we have. So Homer's Iliad is one of the most famous books of all time. It's one of a work of ancient literature. It's written by Homer, of course, and the title is The Iliad. Many of you had to read that in high school, or at least the cliff notes of it in high school. Uh, but what do we know about this ancient piece of literature? Well, we know that it was written in Greek in around 900 BC. That's when it was written. Now, the oldest copy that we have is actually from 400 BC. So, in other words, there's 500 years uh, between the autograph, that's the original writing that Homer, you know, put pen to paper, so to speak, and all of the copies, because paper breaks down, they had to make these handwritten copies of all these ancient texts for centuries and centuries until the printing press. And so, uh, from uh, 900 BC to 400 BC, it had to be copied many, many times to be distributed, uh, you know, hand copied, but also hand copied just to be preserved. And so the oldest copy we have is 500 years. That's a lot of time uh, when mistakes could have been made uh, as they were copying the text by hand. Now, uh, we have 643 ancient copies of the Iliad, and that's a huge number or an ancient book, uh, to have that many ancient copies. And uh, what that does is when there's a discrepancy in the text of two different manuscripts, two different copies, 
uh, if you have 643, and let's say 640 of them say the captain sailed east, and three copies say the captain sailed west, you think, okay, it was probably east, right? Uh, some mistake was made and maybe just copied once or twice. So the number of ancient copies that we have is very important to being able to verify that the, the copy that we have today matches the original copy uh, from you know centuries and centuries ago. So that's why the Iliad is looked at as uh, one of the most remarkable ancient pieces of literature because we have incredible amount of evidence uh, that we do have uh, essentially the text that Homer wrote originally. Now we do know, even with the copies that we have, there are about 5% of the text that is still in question. 5% that we're just not exactly sure what Homer wrote uh, on a particular line or word. And that's not bad. That's, that's a pretty reliable text that we have today. Uh, but let's look at a contemporary uh, with the New Testament. So Julius Caesar uh, fought many battles in France, and so he wrote a book about it called The Gaelic Wars. And he wrote this in about 50 BC, okay, 50 BC. Now the oldest copy, remember they're all handwritten copies in this time, uh, the oldest copy of his book that we have is dated 900 AD. Think about that, it's almost a thousand years, 900, 950 years. Uh, between what Julius Caesar wrote and the copies that we can go back to, you know, to compare and kind of verify uh, what the original author, you know, actually wrote. Uh, and of those ancient copies, we only have 10. Uh, so now you see why the Iliad is so amazing, an uh, example of the preservation of a text and how confident we are in the Iliad uh, that we have what Homer actually wrote. So when you look at Julius Caesar's Gaelic Wars, uh, almost a thousand years uh, of time passed, handwriting, copy over copy over copy, uh, and only 10, we only have 10 of those really ancient thousand year old, <laughs> uh, but still uh, as ancient, as far back as we can go, uh, only 10 copies that we can actually compare. Now, <laughs> let's use those statistics uh, to analyze the New Testament. The New Testament, was written between 40 and 100 AD. It's written by multiple authors. That's why it's spread over several decades. Get this, the oldest copies that we have actually date from 125 AD. Now think about it. That means within 25 to 50 years of its writing, we have a copy of it. That's astounding and how many copies of it do we have? Ancient copies, we have 5,000. Actually, I think the number's closer to 6,000 now because as time passes, you know, archeology, span we discover more and more texts. Uh, so there are nearly 6,000 copies of the New Testament, ancient copies, I should say. And, and of all of those 5,000 copies, you'd think there'd be some disagreements in the text, some discrepancies, like I talked about earlier. But in fact, it's less than one half of 1% of the text that uh, is in some sort of question. And I have to say that of all of the, you know, that half of a percent of discrepancy, there are absolutely no serious teachings of the church that are ever called into question. It's not like you have uh, 5,998 
copies that say Jesus rose from the dead and two copies that say, no, nah, he didn't rise from the dead. That, no, Jesus rose from the dead in all the copies. It's, it, it, the discrepancies in the text are spellings of names, of like cities and people's names, um, little things like that. Uh, nothing of importance or significance is ever called into question, like, like a miracle of Jesus or uh, the cities that Paul traveled to or whatever. So it's, what I'm trying to say is it's, it's astounding, the evidence that we have, uh, that the Bible is reliable, it's overwhelming. Um, that's remarkable. It's, it's just amazing. Uh, and it's very reliable uh, by any standards of ancient texts. And I'm just going to put this up here side by side so you can look at this. Homer's Iliad is the best attested ancient document next to the Bible. <laughs> okay, the Iliad is the second best, actually. But it's the best uh, ancient work of literature uh, attested to, the, the evidence that we have, that we have an accurate copy still today. And, and look at them side by side. The Bible, 5,000 ancient copies. Homer's Iliad, 643. Uh, it's not even close. <laughs> the Bible uh, was, you know, the copies that we have are within 25 to 50 years from the actual autograph, the original writings. Homer's Iliad, 500 years past from the time Homer wrote it to the time uh, to the copy that we are able to hold in our hands and read today. I mean, there's just no comparison. Uh, you want to ask if the Bible is reliable, it's just, uh, it's not even a horse race. <laughs> okay, now let's compare the Bible to another, a very uh, regarded, very popular, well-published holy book, and uh, that's the Quran. So in the Bible, we see that uh, there was not one single person who wrote it, and uh, again, just look at the New Testament, for example. You have over a dozen authors probably that uh, had a hand in putting the New Testament together, the different books and letters and accounts. And so if there were any errors crept into the manuscript that, you know, because of copying, hand copying it, for example, like say the, uh, a copy in Asia Minor, an error crept into the manuscript. Well, uh, a manuscript in Rome would not contain those errors. And so comparing the two, along with other manuscripts from around the, the globe, you know, that would be able to uh, rectify the mistakes very easily. And since no one person controlled all the manuscripts, it would be impossible to uniformly corrupt all of the manuscripts. Since there was no uniform revision of all the manuscripts, surviving manuscripts can help us piece together the original text. There was no universal destruction of all the texts. And there were many attempts at this, you know, such as Diocletian, a, a, a Roman Empire uh, emperor who uh, persecuted Christianity. Uh, but surviving manuscripts and historical accounts are proofs that these attempts were unsuccessful. Uh, now, if you look at the Quran, uh, on the other hand, it actually suffers severely on all four accounts. First of all, it was controlled by one person, and the Khalifa is evidenced by Uthman's ability to recall all of the manuscripts. Um, you know, one person controlled the whole manuscript. Uh, number two, uh, it was 
uniformly revised by Uthman. This is after uh, Muhammad had passed away. And so we know uh, another person had a hand in you know, editing uh, the entire text. Uh, thirdly, I would say during this time, if any errors crept into the manuscript, which would have you know, uh, served as the official text, then this error would only be detected by comparing it to previous manuscripts. Unfortunately, all of the previous manuscripts were put to the flames. Uh, they were burned. Uh, so there is no ancient copy uh, that goes beyond 150 years after Muhammad lived. So it's very easily corrupted, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and there's something else that uh, is problemsome, troublesome for, for the Quran, and, and that's plagiarism. It's just blatant plagiarism. Um, there are uh, quite a few stories that are written in the Quran that are actually rooted in second century Jewish apocryphal literature. Uh, there's stories such as the murder of Abel by Cain, which is in the Quran in Surah. Surah is, uh, basically means chapter. Uh, Surah 5, uh, verses 31 to 32. And we know this is borrowed from the Targum of Jonathan ben Uzziah in the Mishnah Sanhedrin, uh, chapter 4, verse 5. And there's the story of Abraham, uh, that the idols and the fiery furnace, this is in Surah, in the Quran, Surah 21, verses 51 to 71. And this is just taken straight from the Midrash Rabbah. Uh, well, I'll tell you another one. There's an amusing story that's found in Surah 27. Uh, 17 to 44, and it's about Solomon, King Solomon, and his talking hoopoo bird, and the uh, the Queen of Sheba, uh, who uh, what does she do? She she lifts up her skirt, mistaking a mirrored floor for water, and this is taken straight from the Second Targum of Esther. Uh, these are, uh, well, I'll give you another one. Uh, the account of Mount Sinai uh, is being lifted up and held over, kind of floats, think of Mount Sinai, uh, held over the heads of the Israelites as a threat for rejecting the law. And this story in the, in the Quran is Surah uh, 7, verse 171. And it, it comes from the second century Jewish apocryphal book, the Adobah Sara. So uh, as presumably, um, Muhammad traveled his trade routes around the Middle East. He heard these stories or read these books of, uh, you know, 200, 300 AD, Jewish apocryphal literature, and uh, apparently kind of picked stories here and there and uh, put them into his, into his holy book. Uh, if you compare the Bible to the Quran, again, the Quran is uh, very easily could have been corrupted uh, the ancient copies were burned uh, on purpose, intentionally, uh, by Uthman, who the ones who, who made the edits uh, centuries after Muhammad. And then you have uh, all the stories in the, in the Quran that are just, I mean, lifted from you know, Jewish uh, apocryphal literature. And apocryphal just kind of means uh, uh, extra or uh, that's not the right word, but uh, it's, it's uh, in addition to, it's not, 
It's not held with the same standard as the Bible, but it's uh, uh, writings and things that they think are valuable and helpful, uh, but not necessarily the Word of God elevated to that status. Okay. Uh, that's the that's the ancient uh, evidence that we have for the reliability of the Bible, uh, the Bible that we hold in our hands today. Uh, we know is basically verbatim uh, the autograph, the 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 original text, uh, the original author's uh, books and letters um, that we can read today, and it's absolutely a miracle that it has been preserved so well. Uh, through history better than any other book in history but you know that's really not even the point um the bible is an old book uh, the new testament dates to like i said 100 a.d the old testament's even older than that okay but that's not the point either some would say its value is the wisdom that it has and it does have wisdom but other books are wise too confucius buddha there's wise sayings in there for sure. So what makes the Bible different from all the other books? I would say that it's actually not because it was older, wiser, or even more reliable. Uh, all that may be true, but that's really not the point. The Bible is important because the Bible shows us Jesus Christ. That's what makes the Bible different from any other book. The Bible is the story of Jesus Christ. It's the narrative, the account of God's work to save, to come to this world and to save humanity. The God who exists has shown himself to us in Jesus Christ. Uh, it's really not a battle of the books because again, Quran, Confucius literature, even modern scientific literature, um, the Bible, you know, which one of these is most convincing or which one am I going to follow uh, as if they're going to like pick and choose from a buffet of books. Again, we don't get to choose reality. We don't get to choose what is true. What is true simply is. And the Bible tells us about Christ. Uh, one important thing for me as I consider uh, the words in the Bible uh, how, how important they are, how real they are, is uh, the eyewitness accounts that are recorded for us. And I'd remind people, as important as the Bible is, it is God's Word. Uh, we don't believe in Jesus because of the Bible. Uh, we believe in the Bible because of Jesus Christ. Uh, he is the Word of God, the Word made flesh. And He predicted His own death and resurrection and then he did it and testifying verifying that he is God and he's telling the truth and when Christ quotes the scriptures the Old Testament and values them as authoritative then I, I take it uh, as authoritative as well I'm I'm with Jesus I'm I'm with him and we have these witnesses again about Christ who saw him, who walked with him, who lived with him, who talked with him. And they told their stories of, of being with Jesus to others. And they told them to others and to others and all the way down to the present time. I am the result of someone telling me. You know, it's before I ever even read the Bible, my parents told me the story. 
My pastor told me the story. And as I got older, the Bible confirmed it. But, and it, it has shaped me and directed me since then. But I, just remember, our faith rests on Christ, not on the book. The book is uh, God's word for our life. But its authority and its authenticity uh, comes from Jesus Christ uh, telling us that it is God's word. It is authoritative. It is accurate. It is inspired and inerrant. Uh, because Jesus said so. And Jesus also said he's going to die and rise three days later. And he did that. So, wrap it up. What makes the Bible different from other books? Well, it's the story of Jesus Christ. That's what makes it significant. And that's what makes it important for our lives.